TFS episode 112. This is Greg Duncan. This is Martin Woodward, back finally. Yay! Martin, we ha- you haven't been on our show since like March 17th. Since St. Patrick's uh, Day, yeah. No, and I just, <laughs> I didn't really say much about it in the show, but actually I just got out of hospital that day. I'd been, not that day, but then, I'd not long been out of hospital. And um, yeah, no, I'd been quite poorly with a thing called pancreatitis, um, acute pancreatitis. So um, I was still pretty poorly when I was on the show, actually. And um, to be honest, I'm only just about getting better now. Every every wow. day I'm like, wow, I was I was rubbish yesterday. I'm doing a lot better today. <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, and every day I'm like, oh, no, I'm better now. And then the next day I think, oh, no, actually, I was still poorly yesterday. I'm doing a lot better today. So it's funny, you don't really, when you're in a hospital or something like that, you, you kind of think, you know, you're ready to get out of hospital after you've been in there just over a week. You sort of get a bit uh-huh. sick of it. And, um, you know, you're comparing yourself with people who've been, you know, got like a, a, a one in 10 chance of making it through the night. And you think, oh, I'm fine. Let me out here. I'm, I'm better. I can get back to work. And then you get and you get out of like the, you know, the, the bad ward and you get home and anything. Actually, no, I feel rubbish. So I went back to work after a couple of weeks. and That was probably a mistake. I mean, I had to get back because um, mm-hmm. it was coming up to build and there was a bunch of, you know, there was some quite important uh, .NET Foundation <laughs> announcements that right. I wanted to get get cracking on. So I, I kind of went back and I probably probably came back a bit too early if i'm honest probably should have stayed up a bit longer but um so i think that's not helped the road recovery but no doing a lot better now so thanks very much for the for the wishes from everyone from all my friends and everything that have been asking about me it's great good good so so that means like every day that we see you right now is you're the, like better than the last day well right now so, i mean at <laughs> in mind i also turned 40 so uh you know i'm on the downward slope so there's, there's a limit to how much this can carry on it's a bit like I, apple's numbers you know what i mean you, you can only get you can only you can only get a certain level of good before there's nowhere to go but down so i, I gotta tell you my friend you know 40 you think 40 is a big one until you hit 50 <laughs> then you look back and say, "Oh, that's not that." Because you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, first year I just turned fifty myself, and oh, that's wow. just wow. Oh my god, I was having a conversation. Sorry, we're going to go totally yeah, off the rails here. Good. But we had some uh, new guys on our team, and, and we're talking about you know the past and, and some of these things that you know we've seen. And he just looks at me like I'm an alien. You know, I'm talking about VB6 and ADO and RDO and DAO and, you know, um, before there was like an internet and, you know, how ugly JavaScript 1.0 was and how that came about. It just looked at me like I was from Mars. He had no concept of anything I was talking about. That was my, oh my God, I'm that old guy moment. Yeah, you are. Well, I, so yeah, I was having a couple of conversations like that recently. Again, we'll go off on this tangent while we're here. The, um, uh, one of them was, I was, I was just thinking back to what we did before the internet, you know, for like looking up documentation stuff. And I had done some mainframes. So we had the IBM red books and things. We actually, we had a library at work, a paper library that, you know, every like IT place had a library where you could right. go and look up technical documentation stuff and the specs of things and all that sort of stuff but also i remember buying um carl franklin had a book that talked a lot about web sockets and how mm-hmm. to use them because this was back in the days before like i think you had to install the plus pack of visuals of windows 95 to get a windsock dll like it didn't come as standard sockets <laughs> or something like that it was really there was something yeah and i remember because I, I wrote um a thing which talked you know 
uh, over TCP to something else. I can't remember what it was now. It's probably like a, a very basic webby type thing. Uh, no, uh-huh. back in the day, and yeah, I used car transport. <laughs> and I remember um, it was getting when I was getting ready for. I'd use this sort of end of university and getting ready for a job kind of thing. And I remember, um, you know, you go around these. It's where I went to university. They have these big recruitment fairs and various different employers turn up. And being a you know reasonably well-known university, you need to get employers from all around the country. So it was awesome. And there was also different people there. And I remember seeing GCHQ, which is you know our version of the NSA, have a stand. Right. It was just two blokes stood there with like you know GCHQ written on the banner and no information whatsoever. And it was just two serious-looking dudes. And I'm like, huh, I'm going to go talk to those guys. And so uh, I went over and I was chatting with them, and they were just chatting about you know i was like hey you know i've got a i've got a degree in, i've got i'm a astro you know astrophysics I've, I've got a physics major kind of degree rather than um you know computing but i do a lot of computing and all right what do you do and like, well you know i write a web server in pearl and i've been hacking around with windsock on when you know and then they're like huh come here would you and then they took me down <laughs> back and like asked me a few more questions because they were obviously interested in networking at this point and uh, you know chatting away and blah 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 and then they gave me an application form and i was like oh that's awesome but the, the application form this must have been 1996 so this was before the good friday agreement in northern ireland but i was dating my uh, current wife uh my current wife my hopefully forever wife but the person <laughs> who is now my wife is what i meant to say and um was dating her at the time and had been you know and were questions had a lot of you know there was lots of stuff in there because it was a security clearance questionnaire as well as yeah. a few questionnaire and there's a lot of stuff in there about you know contacts with like visits to northern ireland and all these sorts of things because that was a hot topic at the time so i was like ah oh, i can't be bothered filling all that out so i'll i'll i'll, I'll, I'll pass it on by and then it just so happens while i was poorly I got offered the chance to go speak down at um, Cheltenham, which is where GCHQ are based. Um, I got offered the chance to speak down there and to do some, you know, about some .NET stuff. And yeah, I didn't, I couldn't do it unfortunately, but it would have been quite good to go go down there and have a chat. Anyway, sorry, we're, we're, that was complete off tangent. Sorry, no, very long <laughs> well, time. And then the other conversation I was having was with Scott Hanselman and Jeff Fritz last night, and uh, and we were talking about um, wind forms and web forms, and I was saying how wind forms is awesome, and they were trying to tell me how web forms was awesome, and I wasn't having any of it. <laughs> well, uh, let's make this a call out to the listeners. Yeah, uh, give us a voicemail. Uh, one four two five two three three eight three seven nine or radio tfs at outlook.com tell us your old guy or old girl uh not old girl a uh, mature woman moments and uh yeah share with those that, that that time when you just realized when you were sharing a, a past life moment and what the moment was that you know you came in that light bulb went off and it says oh my god I'm that old person now. Yeah, exactly. And we'll, we'll, play we'll share the it. show. And I'll, I'll, I've got many of these. Like the, time, <laughs> like the time we were showed how to program a punch card because they were teaching oh. job control language for the mainframe. <laughs> and you needed to actually see it on a physical punch card to understand why the column layouts were like they were. But anyway, there we go. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, I do have to do a shout out first. Yeah. Uh, Josh Garverick. Um, <laughs> yeah, you called me out on... Um, the last show, Visual Studio Team Services. It's not system. You're right, Josh. It's not system. Old guy moment. Sorry, had it. Uh, he, he called me out. I called it a system. It's Visual Studio Team Services. And also, Josh, I want to thank you. Uh, Josh recommended uh, our next show's guest, Derek Keeler. And that's going to be an interesting show because while he's an ALM Ranger, he's also a Microsoft team. He's on the inside 
basically his team are consumers of uh, TFS and VSTS. And so that's going to be kind of interesting. I'm really looking forward to that. So thanks for recommending him, Josh. Cool. Thanks, Josh. All right. So, what's the get started? I mean, so I've been uh, again. Apologies for yeah, ranting away. It's been a fairly busy uh, few weeks for us. Um, you know, we had build that's been happening, and then um, we also uh, Xamarin evolves going on while we're recording the show. So, and then yesterday Miguel got up on stage, and Scott um, Guthrie announced that this was happening. But basically, at evolve they open sourced all the Xamarin SDK stuff. So. The, the the way I kind of describe this is basically the stack you need to run .NET cross-platform and to, to run .NET cross-platform, uh, you know, UI stack and things, and um, onto devices and to be able to compile those. That mm-hmm. stack is now open source, including, you know, the all the um, SDKs for iOS and Android and the Mac and um, including things like Xamarin Forms as well. They're all open that source. was, yeah, the Xamarin Forms was, was the surprising one. I knew about the SDK and the command yeah. line stuff, but the fact that they're open source Xamarin Forms, Pretty that's... Awesome, that is awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got a huge uh, reception. Everyone I've been talking, I, I'm not at the event, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm back at home this week still. But everyone who's at the event uh, was saying that the reaction was superb. And everything I can tell is uh, people are having the, the event, the Xamarin Evolve events, a really good event. And the Microsoft people I know that are there are having a great time. And it's been really uh, interactive with the with the audience. And, you know, everyone's, it's a it's, it's got a good community feel to it. So, um, yeah, a highly recommended event. I hope we keep having them yeah and it's funny how i appreciate we're talking about it's a good time to be a .NET developer isn't it isn't it it's pretty exciting it's like i mean you thought it was hard keeping up with all the alm announcements you know <laughs> i hope i find a common denominator with this by the way i can't take any credit for it whatsoever but uh I'm, at least i move where the action is you know at least i've been moving from action <laughs> place to action place so oh and check out the open.xamarin.com um, website as well if you want to know more about it there's a post over on the .NET Foundation blog as well as Miguel's post but um, yeah open.xamarin.com kind of is the, the fancy marketing portal around all that stuff so it's good and there's a wee um, there's an easter egg on the have you seen the easter egg on the oh. on the page go to open.xamarin.com now now there's obviously a .NET Foundation sticker which you know awesome but um, there's a, if you look at the if you look at the Ninja Cat sticker it's actually a right. Ninja Monkey sticker which I was quite pleased with. So there, anyway, <laughs> maybe that's too small for anyone to notice. I don't know. That would have been hard. I th- I I saw it. I thought, oh, of course they had the the ninja cat on there. I didn't know that was. Yeah, it's a ninja Xamarin, a ninja monk. But anyway, of course, I was looking for the Radio TFS sticker on there. Sorry, that's okay. Yeah, no, it's only you know. But they've got Visual Studio Code and they've got .NET Foundation. Uh, true. So true. Uh, yeah, right next time I need a small one. The Radio TFS stickers were too big. I did a smaller version of the .NET Foundation sticker so that we could put it on that. But yeah, I'll do a, I'll do a, some smaller. I'll get some smaller Radio TFS ones done. Yeah, and we owe one of our... Uh, who do we owe? Well, we owe Josh one, so Josh should get in yeah. touch. Oh, okay, it was Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, get back in touch, and we'll send you some stickers. <laughs> so, related to this, I came across this site, and, and I just... Uh, old guy moment. Um, a, a history of the .NET Mono Xamarin from all the way from 1996. It's a timeline wow, of all these things from 96 up to build. They, they don't have today's or the Evolve stuff on there yet. But just going through this list, and you, you know, uh, uh, you have that old guy moment. It's like Anders joins Microsoft after leaving Borland. I, I actually kind of remember that. I was a Delphi 
developer in the day, and uh, you know, Anders was very important with that, and mm-hmm. leaving Borland, and then the start of J plus plus, and which you is know. Uh, you know Brian Keller, he worked on that product. He was the PM for that product. Did you know that? <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, so just go through this timeline, and, and, and you'll realize how far we've come. You know, uh, 2004 Mono Develop was was rolled out, the XNA framework. Oh, that makes me sad. But even though that's coming back in Mono Game, and Mono Game's being supported on the Xbox One, so you know what, what's dead is alive, and what's alive is dead. And uh, it's just a great timeline. Single page, scroll through it. Uh, you know, go on that uh, way back train. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's really nicely put together as well. So, um, yeah, no, that's that's amazing. But come on, there must be some TFS news. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> hogging it with .NET stuff, but it is a really exciting time to be a .NET developer. But carry on, it TFS. Really was, yeah, TFS ALM show application part of the yeah, lifecycle yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, there is TFS news, and this is TFS news, not VSTS mm-hmm. news. Uh, Brian gave us a heads up just. Uh, a couple days ago that uh, in the last show we talked about TFS 2015 update 2 well there's an update 2.1 coming out in a couple weeks and uh, he goes and explains it that there's no drop dead critical fix but there's just a lot of fixes that he just didn't feel comfortable holding off to like an update 3 so this is an interim release to fix uh, a, a a few, uh, it's actually quite a few bugs across a different bunch of different areas, but it's kind of a roll up to get these things out and get them out sooner. Yep, no, it's, it's great. And they've certainly been punting a lot of stuff out. I was talking to, uh, to Brian about that last week, and yeah, it's, the team are doing amazing still, aren't they? It's crazy. The good news is because it's such a small, you know, small bug fixes only, it's like a five to 10 minute install over if you've already got dot, uh, update two. And you want to apply this? It's a very quick install. Okay, so that's cool. Um, can I just do one more .NET story, if that's okay? Just uh, um, Ed. Oh, here I go. Ed Charbonneau. There we go. Hopefully, I've not butchered your name, Ed. Um, he did a really cool post over. Um, he's from Telerik. Did a really cool post about uh, just kind of like the where .NET's going and his view on things. I mm-hmm. quite like these posts because um, you know it's. It's not coming from somebody like us. <laughs> it's from the team. And we can kind of, you know, we get to the point where we get to a presentation at Build and we're like, Ryan, what are we actually working on? Okay, let's make that sound like a coherent plan. Ta-da! You know, <laughs> he's actually looking at, wow, these guys actually have a strategy that we're working towards now, which is nice to see that we, you know, it's nice to have some independent verification of this. And um, the main thing um, he's talking about there is obviously um, – at Build, we announced the .NET standard library and uh, all the .NET platform standards. Platform standards, sorry. Um, how um, you know you've got an API uh, uh, that you can use that's a, a set of the APIs, and it makes it easier to have an app that you know works and can can be portable across uh, the different sort of implementations of and different app models of .NET. So. Um, and you know the contents of that standard library and thing, so it's worth taking a look at um, uh, just to understand that announcement. If you also want to as well, I'll put a link into the show notes, Greg, in a minute about um, if you check out Scott Hunter's um, uh, .NET 
um, was it not a keynote? What do they call them? The bigger sessions that happen in the it was it was Thursday Thursday afternoon it was at Build, but Scott Hunter's session from Build uh, where he's talking about .NET and the future .NET and that kind of goes into a lot of this stuff and explains it as well. So I'll put a link of that in the show notes. Um, and then uh, Ed was also very excited about. Um, Obviously, we did it. C Sharp 6 had uh, Roslyn in it, and then it also had a bunch of like tidy up stuff to make it, you know, to make code tidier and a bit more um, readable. And then mm-hmm. there's a bunch of functions and fe- features coming into uh, C Sharp 7, which um, Mads is talking about. And the Mads and Dustin show was just on last night at Evolve, and, you know, we'll probably go get the video for that soon. But if you have a chance to catch the video of Mads and Dustin from Build, it's really good fun. Um, and they go through some of, the, um, some of the stuff that's coming up, like local functions. But Tuples is one that's really popular. So that's allowing you to have a function that returns multiple results. So rather than having to, you know, define a, a, a new data type and things like that, you can, you know, a new object, you can just go return it. So that's quite cool. Um, and uh, pattern matching as well is a, a neat feature that's been introduced into the language, um, along with immutability of objects, which is something... Um, when you're doing, so you take these concepts from sort of uh, like immutability is kind of one of the founder st- key cornerstones of say something like F sharp, you know, and it's nice mm-hmm. to see some of the. Um, uh, I mean, F sharp's awesome, and you know, it's definitely use it, but it's also good to see uh, a movement of I- C sharp is taking ideas from lots of different languages, and you know, and 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 bringing some ideas of its own, and and having nice, clean implementations that make sense of C sharp. But the language is really, really moving forwards and keeping up to date with with modern computer science goodness, and it's not not stagnating at all. <coughs> so um, yeah, it's good to see it actually. Uh, it's good to see. It's yeah. great to see the the language under such active stewardship, and you know, Mads helps drive. But it's an open community that are pushing the language forwards and making it. So, if you're a C sharp developer, you have a bright future ahead of you. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that, that's no kidding. And now we're starting to see that investment in Roslyn yeah. really start to pay yeah, off. Because it's so much easier to do features now, you know. Exactly. And in so many other ways. On the Coding for Fun blog, I've been blogging a lot about the refactorings yeah. and um, analyzers that are yep. available now in Roslyn. Uh, Miguel was talking about Roslyn in Xamarin Studio and how it's now they don't have to reinvent the wheel to come up with IntelliSense yep. um, exactly. and the analyzers. Uh, one of the the interesting things I thought, you know, from a you know outside essentially developer, I was I'm ex- happy about the .NET standard library, mm-hmm. which I always get confused with the standard template library, yeah, you know, the C plus plus. But is uh, uh, I am we are just barely getting over the .NET framework versus .NET core confusion. And the the renumbering and renaming of that, and now we're now this is coming in. It's going to be a, a, a kind of a weird year or so until the .NET Standard Library is out. But I think it's going to be a weird year until .NET Core RTMs. So you got to yeah. remember that .NET Core hasn't RTM yet. Um, right. So uh, this is again, this is the pros and cons of us doing all this stuff out in the open. <laughs> And yeah, 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 yeah. this is why C Sharp 7 has benefited a lot because of 
it's out in the open and so they're actually getting real feedback of stuff as they're doing it and people can take it for a spin and try some stuff and write some real code that does it and go you know what how about if we made it like this instead um the same is true with dotnet core we did some dotnet core stuff we iterated on it and then um we're gonna we're actually saying you know what we needed this how we've got all this stuff how we're doing pcl and things is just really confusing let's make it easier so that's what we're doing and um let's say we haven't rtm'd yet i think by i think if you know if you want to use .NET Core, go ahead, use .NET Core. That'd be awesome. Um, and if you're doing like some server-side web stuff, the scale numbers you see out of .NET Core uh, are just stupidly fast. It's nuts. It's just like the amount of throughput and network I/O operations and just requests per second served, and it's just just ridiculously fast. It's it, it, it's amazing, and that's going to be. I think that's really going to be the sweet spot when .NET Core lands is for that. You know, those um, server side microservices. I guess you can call them if you want a modern term. But you know, the, the things that you know you talk to and you want to like you have your you know, server side stuff. .NET Core is just stupidly fast for that but then you've um yeah but until you are if you're going to be doing like a big enterprise you roll out then you might want to think about you might want to wait until you know we're at rtm and you've got like a we take one we take major versions of apis very seriously so uh, that's why they're doing all the things they can right now to get it fixed up right and and the the renaming of it dot core perfect we've already talked about that before that was that was Totally, man. Because you, 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 you know, you heard me whine yeah. about .NET five yeah. versus. So yeah, uh, but and then you know, rethinking once Mono joined the fold, yeah. rethinking that whole .NET foundation, the bottom. Yeah, um, it, it makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, I, I do, and I believe with the Microsoft of today, with the lessons they have learned, they're not going to repeat the, they're going to learn from the issues of the .NET framework was the one library to rule them all. And then we realized, Microsoft realized, no, maybe not. This is versioning pain and and stuff. So they came out with .NET Core and now the .NET standard is coming. So this pendulum is swinging back to the one monstrous framework, but I I have to believe It's not going the whole way. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's kind of, you know what? It's like with any big organization, the pendulum mm-hmm. swings all the way to one side and then it needs to kind of correct a little bit. And this is, <laughs> I think this is the correction. So it's distinctly less than, say, the desktop framework, you know, system right. drawing isn't in there and things like that. But, you know, it's it's um, enough stuff uh, that makes sense. So um, and it just makes it a lot easier when you do your you know, file new project and you start, you start actually coding, you're not having to keep adding references the whole time. So it, yeah, it's like the minimum usable subset, but still make it small. So it's all good. Okay. Enough.net. Sorry. <laughs> going to have more, uh, more times I'm on this show. <laughs> but talking about the, talking about the tool set yeah. at least, uh, I think in the last show or the build show, I, I talked about the, the Visual Studio 15 and not, not, 2015. Is that what we call it publicly? Is it 15, not dev? Yes, it's 15 in quotes, um, which everybody... That's really confusing for them because that was like last year. Is that what... Yeah, sorry about that. Anyway. Uh, But they talk about... We we talked about how I saw Amanda Silver go up on stage and on a fresh machine install Visual Studio and it took three minutes. 
This is like, you remember when we did those TFS demos when it used to be, it used to, we used to go, ta-da, you can install TFS now within an hour-long session, you know, and everyone was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's great to see them doing that with Visual Studio. They've done a really good job with, uh, they're doing a really good job at the minute with the installer. Having done a, 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 I was trying to get Xamarin working on my main machine here and I was having problems. So I was doing installs and reinstalls and yeah, the Visual Studio 2015 install you know, it's like, okay, I, I understand. It takes forever, and it's, a, it's so night and day. It really does take forever for no good reason, it feels like, as an end user. You're like, why does this take so long? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's like I can install bits. Windows. I can install Windows faster than I yeah. can install Windows 10 well, faster the worst than bit is you, install. you install it, and then you go, right, now I need the latest update, and you get that, and then, you, oh, now I need these tools. <laughs> So no, we're definitely they're definitely making some really good progress. I bought a um I picked up a Surface Three, uh, you know, just a three, not the Pro or anything like that. But the Surface Three while I was in Redmond last week, and um, it's a really nice little machine. I highly recommend it for the price as well. It's a really good machine. Yeah, and, my son's uh, got a, a Pro Three, and he's that's right, his main. Right, yeah, and no, well, my three is like my personal machine now. And it runs mm-hmm. Visual Studio just fine, it's, you know, for the level of abuse I give it, which isn't as much as I used to by a long stretch. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. The, 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 the new install is awesome. Um, the, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about as well was um, uh, Anna Russo's done a cool uh, power tool, which is available um, in the Visual Studio gallery. And for, <laughs> you know, when you're doing um, test cases and you want to take a bunch of test cases from one iteration and sort of copy them over to a new iteration. Test cases right. are just work items, really, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. very, very, you know. So this is a, a power tool which actually takes those uh, test cases and copies them over for you. And you've got a bunch of options when you do that, like you can copy attachments or you can copy shared steps and copy the links as well. So it allows you to kind of configure how you copy things over when you do copy the test cases. So you can also create an iteration which you say, you know, your template iteration and then copy them from from that into the various different iterations. So it's not, you know, if you want to do, if you need it, it's uh, quite a, a cool, handy little tool. If you if you want to know about it, and I say Anna Russo's um, an ALM consultant with um, improving software quality. So uh, yeah, keep keep an eye out on that. Nice little tool. We haven't mentioned Anna on the show, have we? Not do before. you remember? I don't. If if so, it probably would have been because she's been doing these tester tools for, forever. Looks like yeah, back to 2010. Yeah, 2010. I am just checking now. Uh, show one one twelve. Uh, he's not. That's, that's, that's this show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seventy eight. Here we go. Let's have a look. Oh, yeah. What's new in? She did a blog post about what's new in web test management back in twenty thirteen. So yeah, she's been on the show before. We'll she get around. There we go. Anyway, look at that. That was actually made us sound efficient that we could search. <laughs> and yeah, gotta love one note. Oh yeah. Right, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> So uh, Buck Hodges yep. uh, blogged about this at Build that they uh, demonstrated and showed off Azure Features, which um, if you don't know about it, Azure Features is an event-driven compute-on-demand experience that extends Azure Platform with capabilities to implement code triggered by events occurring in virtually any Azure third-party service as well as on-prem services. So is this like web hooks combined with Azure Jobs or something, web jobs? <laughs> Uh, kind of. I mean, it's the, the the. I don't even know what this is. I haven't even looked at this yet. To just, Azure, yeah. the the Amazon Lambda service is basically you can do a web service without spinning up a whole bunch huh. of crud. You know, it's this just, is like an Azure think, web job, but without and you just put your own code in. You don't even need yeah. to write and upload a thing. 
Correct. This is really neat. And you can use uh, Java or C Sharp yeah. as your code. You basically create the new Azure function, uh, post, you know, poke in your code, do the endpoints, and, and you're done. You're not spinning up a VM. You're not doing up a service. It's just kind of there. And Buck says, well, you know what? Uh, you know, VSTS has webhooks. Yeah. What if we those two together to do stuff and he does and he shows a, a nice walkthrough of exactly how to do it on both sides both the um, Azure function side as well as the VSTS hook so and you could that's really cool so yeah you can have logic you could have that's re that's really really cool so this is how you would with VSTS this is the equivalent of how you would um, build yeah a, a listener to, to you want to implement some custom code when something happens and you don't want it all to run in the cloud this is this is really 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 useful i didn't know anything about azure functions at all now this is great oh it was announced at build there we go that's probably why i don't know yeah. about it huh. this is why i like doing the show greg you bring me all the goodies <laughs> and again this is another reason i was having a conversation just like this week about we've got a visual studio enterprise uh, um msdn enterprise subscribers here and, and they're not using Azure. They're not even playing with it at home. Whoa. Like, throw That's away like, Just fire up a VM and play and use it as a, a Minecraft server for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like, and you know, I can only sing the song for so long before they start ignoring me. But uh, yeah, it's, it's so you could play with this. You can get VSTS for free for up to five users. Yep. You can, if you've got an MSDN subscription, even the, the Visual Studio Essentials, the one you get for free, you can get $25 of Azure credits. It's crazy, isn't it? So yeah, you guys out there, you don't even have to have an MSDN subscription. You can get this all for free and you can start playing with it. And just to put that in context, the Radio TFS website costs about three bucks a month. You know, like that includes all the CDN. So yeah. Um, hey, speaking of uh, um, MSDN allowances, one of the things I've, I've probably said this on the show before, but uh, the thing that if you do have an MSDN allowance, one of the things it's really good for is um, you know you use VSTS and then you use your MSDN allowance to fire up a VM that already and there's an image that already contains the like the latest versions of Visual Studio and you can just check on it and you've got a VM with the latest VS in it and then you, and you can remote desktop to it if your company allows that out your firewall and just go play with the latest bits against the latest version of a server and you know you don't have to touch your machine and you can just throw that vm away and create a new one if it gets a bit crufty and it's brilliant so you can vm to vs via rdp yeah that's exactly what i just said <laughs> makes total sense to me <laughs> uh, over https yeah. <laughs> and you know what i bet you that made perfect sense to every every one of our listeners yeah too, exactly so. that, that's why i love our show <laughs> It's the great thing about having a niche audience is that we're all absolute monster nerds. Yeah, right. So what else is book? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in just just to just to put you off guard here. I'm gonna throw in a okay. little TFS story before we start wrapping up. If that's okay. So cool. a bit back, this isn't a book has been uh, blogging up a storm lately. Um, cool. so book Hodges again, who I haven't seen for ages. I really need to get to see. I haven't seen book for a long time. I need to go see him soon. Anyway, he um did a blog post about how um in TFS 2015 update two there's now the ability to create a team project in the web finally uh you know how you always had to use you could create a project in the web in vsts but you couldn't create a project in the web in on-prem tfs and right. um you had to use a visual studio instance for it and the reason behind that were, wasn't insane um it was for a long 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 time 
uh, team project creation was considered was an extension point, and that was considered a good thing. And we had a number of vendors that actually went and did team project creation extensions. So Kanchango would probably have been the one that was like most used. This um, where it actually, when you created a team project, it went and did a bunch of stuff to hook okay. up magic that made your team project do stuff differently to if you created it, you know, without it installed. All very well and good. Means you, uh, but that extension point was client side and meant you couldn't do things in the web. The, the the main reason why it stayed client side when the switch to TFS 2010 happened um, was because um, you could do all the logic to create a team project server side by this time, but you couldn't create um, SharePoint libraries and mm-hmm. couldn't create uh, reports. You know, SQL Server reporting services. Um, for your project as well and that was back in the time where if you didn't create them at team project time then all hell broke loose and <laughs> basically scuppered um now uh, as we'll recall from the show i was on um that the um you know that the brian harry wrote that code so uh you know hey hey ho <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time so uh, that was some code we finally ripped out and um no we haven't ripped it out it's still there if you do it client side but if you create a team project server side now it uses the same logic basically that's in uh vsts and it um it doesn't create a sharepoint site and it doesn't create a reporting services site and for the interesting thing with the sts is we found the vast majority of people didn't miss them um so that was interesting learning and so we thought well let's try that for on-prem and we'll see how it goes so that's what we're doing and we'll see we'll see if um but nowadays you can go into visual studio and hook up um easily you know you can say hey this is actually you know this is pointing over here over to my team site and things like that so you can do it post creation now which is a much better way of doing things anyway so but the thing that um book mentions is just basically showing you how to do that how to go create a team project and you you have to go in it's kind of a little bit buried um, but you can go in and create one now the dirty little secret is this was actually possible in i want to say tfs 2013 maybe tfs 2013 uh update one of the one of the updates it was definitely Mm -hmm. possible when we did the git stuff i know that for sure so maybe that was you know what i think it might have been possible in an update of tfs 2012 but you you had to know about there was a magic cookie you could and if you set this magic cookie then it would allow you to do team project creation uh, via the web. Um, and it worked great. And we all used it. We all used to go in to IE and Chrome and set these cookies so that we could create a team project. Because if you're doing, um, if you're writing a test, you know, we would, we would write a lot of tests for TFS right. that go create team projects and then do stuff. So we needed a way that we could do that programmatically without um, actually having to uh, duplicate a bunch of logic. So, yeah, that's what we did. Um, so, yeah, uh, sorry about that. But now it's actually in the product. So, awesome. That seems... Yeah, I, I spun up a new project yep. last week, yep. and I actually had to kind of think about it because we don't spin up a lot of projects yeah. quickly here. Usually, because it's we've been going the you know, one project rules them all. We've yep. started slowly, you know, creating more multiple projects. Uh, but as like I had to spin one up, and it's like, okay, how do I? Oh shit, I had to go to Visual Studio to spin yeah. up a project. <laughs> hey, I tell you what was weird as well. I gave you some feedback about the seamless week, but um. I created a new account for the first time and I haven't done that in a long time. And it's a really, 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 really much better experience. But um, one of the things they do is, because you know you can rename team projects now. Right. So when you create a new account, you get a team project created for free. It's just there, already there. You don't need to then go create one. But it's called My First Team Project. (laughs) So then obviously the first thing I want to do is go rename that. 
And uh-huh. that actually, the UI for that was fairly buried. And then you do it and you go through all the scary warnings and you rename it. Yeah. Um, but there's an interesting buglet in there in that the, you know, the little, there's a MIU list, I want to call it. What do we call that? There's a list on the, on your account homepage that shows you your most recently accessed projects. And right. it doesn't remove the old project name from that list of recently accessed projects and replace it with your new name. You know, it, it's still got the old name in and then doesn't work. And so you have to remove that manually from the list yourself and then go browse to your new project. But apart from that, it, the rename feature worked great. I was like, wow, cool. That, that, you know, so there we go. You know, speaking of that, if you, uh, lower down in the, in, uh, Buck's article, yep. he talks about you can actually do a rename and delete via the web UI. Huh. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, the, the rename is via the web UI, but yeah, the delete's there yeah. as well. Which, There's more restrictions reportedly, but yeah. So it's like, wow. Yeah. No. It's like this whole web thing is coming together. This web may stay around for a while. I reckon it might be here to stay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to be on Web 7.0 by the time it's done that, but, you know, whatever. Um, the, the handy thing about – here's a top trick for you. If you mm-hmm. um, clone a team project collection – uh, this is how you this is how you archive team projects basically. So you've got a, t- a server that's getting a bit old and crufty and it's got loads of really old projects on it. That you don't right. go into anymore. You can create a backup of your team project collection and bring it back into TFS, and then you've now got all of your projects that were in the old server. And then you mm-hmm. go and delete from from a project collection which you rename to be like archive whatever. You delete the current the projects that are active elsewhere because the project and its history is in your default collection. So you delete the ones that are active from your archive and then you go into your active team project collection and then you delete the archive ones from it. And then that's how you kind of that's like a poor man's team project. <laughs> so huh. yeah. there you go. It's a it's well, kind of a tip, but not really useful. You can't what you can't do is move a project from an existing team PC into a, a, a an already existing TPC. But hey, they'll get there someday. Right, right. Well, Martin, my friend, I think that is a show. That's a show. But um, Anna Russo is basically an ALM Ranger. She's an MVP anyway. So like you, are, I guess so that'll count as our Rangers news of the week, shall it? <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and, and we're going to have an ALM Ranger on next week. Oh, we've got a whole Taylor. show Looking of Rangers. That. There we go. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and everybody, I, again, uh, email us, radiotfs at outlook.com. Send us a voicemail, 1-425-233-8379 uh, via Twitter, at radiotfs, which Josh, you used, and we got it. And thank you again for the, catching me on that. Uh, at Facebook, slash radiotfs. Again, email us, voicemail us, your old, your I'm an old guy moment. And I really moment. appreciate you guys uh, listening. I'm an oldie moment. There you go. <laughs> I'm an old. Uh, is, is, does fogey translate? Oh, old fogey. Is that an English? Fogey, it still translates. Okay, there still you go. Translates. I'm an old fogey yeah. moment. See if you can yeah. top my having to use punch cards. I only use them for like half an hour. But see if you can top my, uh, top one of those. So when was your first, you make us feel old by telling us your old fogey computer <laughs> moments. And we'll think that was last week. So there you go. We want, we want them all. <laughs> All right, and again, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next show.